0: Nehemiah chapter 12, <clears throat> there's all kinds of interesting names in this book as you've already been aware of but uh, I love to read God's word and uh, I, I prefer to, uh, I don't think it's even on the program but I want to read the scripture, I think it's good for God's people to hear the word being read, don't you think? So uh, I want to do that this morning and so please pray for me as I uh, make some attempt to pronounce these names. Um, But that's all right. It's good to read God's word together. I'm going to read chapter 12. Um, I'm not going to read all of it. (coughs) But certainly from uh, verse 27 down to about verse 44. At the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication with songs of thanksgiving. And with the music of cymbals, harps, and lyres, the singers were also brought together from the region around Jerusalem, from the villages of the Nephilites, from Beth Gilgal, from the area of Jeba and Asmoneph. For the singers had built villages for themselves around Jerusalem. When the priests and the Levites had purified themselves ceremonially, they purified the people, the gates, and the wall. I had the leaders of Judah go up on the top of the wall. I also assigned two large choirs to give thanks. One was to proceed on top of the wall to the right towards the dung gate. Hoshai and half the leaders of Judah followed them, along with Azariah and Ezra and Mishalem, Judah, Benjamin, Shememiah, Jeremiah, as well as some priests with trumpets, and also Zechariah the son of Jonathan, the son of Shemamiah, the son of Mattaniah the son of Ayah, the son of Zachar, and the sons of Asa and his associates, Shemini, Azarel, Malach, and there uh, they all are, with musical <laughs> instruments prescribed by David, the man of God. Ezra the scribe led the procession. At the fountain gate, they continued directly up on the steps of the, of the city of David, on the ascent to the wall, and passed above the house of David to the water gate on the east the second choir proceeded in the opposite direction i followed them on top of the wall together with half the people past the tower of the ovens to the broad wall over the gate of ephraim the uh, jeshaniah the gate sorry jeshaniah gate the fish gate the tower of hananel the tower of of the hundred and as far as the sheep gate at the gate of the guard they stopped the two choirs that gave thanks then took their places in the house of God. So did I, together with half the officials, as well as the priests, Elikam, Masson, Minimai, and all those people there. And the choirs, I'm just skipping down to verse 42. The choirs sang under the direction of Jezariah, and on that day they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing because God had given them great joy. The women and children also rejoiced. The sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. What an amazing scene of celebration that is, don't you think? Sorry about all the names. I'll let you work that out. But let's just pray as we ask the Lord to just help us to understand why he's written this, why this is recorded. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning to continue in our worship time and You are worthy of our worship and as we're going to discuss this morning, as we're going to talk about this morning Lord, whether we feel in the mood or not, you're worthy to be worshipped, to be loved and adored and to be obeyed. And so Father we ask that you might uh, open our eyes, our ears by the Holy Spirit, we need his help, we cannot understand your word without the help of the Spirit of God, so we pray that uh, he will be here in power and in revelation this morning so that, Lord, that we might hear him and that we might be just drawn that little bit closer to the Lord Jesus Christ, drawn to be more like him in our lives. We just pray these things in your precious name. Amen. Amen. One of God's faithful missionaries, Alan Gardner, experienced many physical difficulties and hardships throughout his service to the Saviour. Despite his troubles, he said, While God gives me strength, failure will not daunt me. In 1851, at the age of 57, he died of disease and starvation while serving on Picton Island at the southern tip of South America. When his body was found, his diary lay nearby. It bore the record of hunger, thirst, wounds, and loneliness. The last entry in this little book of his showed the struggle, showed his struggle of a shaking hand as he was trying to write legibly. It read, I am overwhelmed with a sense of, and I wonder if you and I wrote that, and if we're in those circumstances, what those last words of ours might be. This guy called Alan Gardner says, I am overwhelmed with a sense of the goodness of God. Isn't that amazing? I am overwhelmed with a sense of the goodness of God after all that he'd been through. In Nehemiah 12, in this amazing book, in Nehemiah 12, it's about celebrating God. It's about praising him for his goodness and enjoying his pleasure. Singing. Singing is mentioned eight times in this chapter. Thanksgiving, six times. Rejoicing, rejoicing seven times and musical instruments three times it's about celebrating God do you know did you know that no matter what our circumstances there is always something to celebrate when you have the Lord Jesus in your life always always one writer says this you can learn to give thanks even if you don't feel particularly thankful. If God gives a command, he expects obedience, whether you're in the mood or not. Thankfulness, like forgiveness, is not an emotion. Thankfulness is an intelligent response of gratitude to God. I like that. I think we need to hear things like that sometimes, because how often we say, I don't even know if I feel like going to church today. And you might have a legitimate reason. I don't feel like standing up and worshipping God today. Well, just take note of what God's saying to you this morning. I think it's important. Uh, In Nehemiah chapter 12, we, we find that there are three facets to this celebration that the Israelites are offering God in this chapter. Three facets I want to talk about this morning. The first one is this. That this was a celebration of what God had done for his people. Look at verse 27 of chapter 12. At the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, the Levites were sought out from where they lived and were brought to Jerusalem to celebrate joyfully the dedication with songs of thanksgiving and with with the music of cymbals, harps, and lyres. This was a celebration in which the people of God were thankful to God for his amazing generosity, For things like his his astonishing provision in the way that he rallied the people together under the leadership of Nehemiah to rebuild the broken down, burnt out ruins of the Jerusalem wall. And now they're celebrating this amazing accomplishment that God had done through his people. Because we need to remember that this was a wall that laid in ruins for almost 150 years. And then it only took how long to build to rebuild? So it was in ruins for 150 years, and it only took 52 days to rebuild it. And the Israelites remembered with thankfulness to God for the way that he stood beside them, for the way he protected them, for the way he provided for them, even though they were ridiculed by their enemies during this whole process. And even though so many times they needed to fight off discouragements for the way that God had kept them from becoming disheartened and giving up, even when there would have been many times they felt like doing that. I wonder if any of you guys can relate to that this morning. Where you've been in situations and you know God's called you to do something and you've been so discouraged, you're just saying, look, I'm just about to add this. I'm ready to give up. You felt disheartened. ever been in that place? I wouldn't be surprised if some of you are here in that place right now. So you need to hear what God's saying to you. But you know, with the Lord in our lives, with the Lord Jesus in your life, there's always something of him to celebrate, no matter what the circumstances are. As we just saw this missionary called Alan Gardner, as his story so powerfully demonstrated... And I had the privilege some years ago now of also listening to a story. I sat with this dear little old lady. She's with the Lord today. Some of you in this church will know her name. Her name is Olga. She's with the Lord. But she was in a nursing home for many years. Olga was a Russian lady. And and I remember when I used to go and visit her, over and over she would tell me this story. I never got sick of hearing this story, even though I used to get it so often when I went there. And she would, read, she would tell me this story of how during the war years, um, her husband was a soldier in the Russian army and he disappeared. He, he went off to battle and, and you know, they, she never even got word of where he was. He, he was obviously killed in action or something, but she never heard any more about him. And there came a time when she needed to board the train. And she had a small child with her and she boarded this train. It wasn't a real good train by her, by her description. And she got into this train and she sat down and she, she and a few other people sat down with their back against the door, the big sliding door. And she remembers it as she was, as the train was in motion, as it was rocking around on the rails and going across the, 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 the land. And she was in this train and, and she remembers that she started to feel a very strong impression move away from the door. And she's sort of saying, is that just me? I'm, That's all right, it's safe, I'm Okay. And the impression grew stronger to where it became very impulsive, a very strong impulse for her to to move away. It was almost as if the Lord was saying, move away. So she got up with the baby in arms and said to the others, we need to move away from this door. So as they moved away, as they got up, moved away and sat down, it was not just almost suddenly after they did that, the door violently rattled and just slid right open. And she tells me that story, and, and of course... You know what would have happened and she knows what would have happened. Had God not just been there in his goodness to her, in his protection, in him watching over her. And she just continued to celebrate his goodness. And she was thankful to him for all that he had done for her. And and of course now she's enjoying his presence forever. What a fantastic story. 1 Samuel 24 reminds God's people with these words. But be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider, consider what great things he has done for you. And we need to do that, folks. We need to consider the great things that God's done for us. You know, I wonder what your story is. That was Olga's story. Maybe you've got one just like that. What's your story? You know, what great things has the Lord done for you in your life? You know, and are you thankful to him and are you expressing it regularly to God? I believe God gets great pleasure when his people worship him and say, thank you, Father, for all that you've done for me. You see, in this chapter, it's a celebration of what God has done for his people. And secondly, it's a celebration from a purified people. Look at Nehemiah 12 and verse 30. Verse 30 says this, when the priests... And the Levites had purified themselves ceremonially. They purified the people, the gates and the wall. Verse 45 says this. They performed the service of of their God and their service of purification. As did also the singers and gatekeepers according to the commandments of David and his son Solomon. This was a celebration from a purified people. You know, it's interesting as you read this, and I guess as I pondered this, this celebration no doubt contained many gifted singers, musicians, including two large choirs. But how important it is for us, I believe, this morning that we understand that God's not drawn to a celebration by the quality of the music, He's not drawn to a celebration by the talent of the musicians or even the singers. And you know, I just want to pause for a minute and say, we need to love and appreciate our singers, don't we? We need to appreciate our worship leaders, the worship director, the people who put these things together for us in our worship service. It's a hard job. Have you ever done it? If you think it's easy, maybe you to come up here and try it. It's a hard job and we need to love them, we need to appreciate them, we need to encourage them. But you know, it's not the the, the talent and it's not the cleverness. It's not uh, all those things. It's the hearts of God's people. It's the hearts of the worshippers that gets God's attention. Your heart gets his attention, not necessarily your talent. You know, and I can't think of a better place in the scripture where this is more clearly illustrated than when God, through the prophet Amos rebuked his people at their feasts and celebrations because their hearts were impure you listen to these words they're pretty hard they're pretty hard words Uh, uh, and that's what God's word does listen to what he says here God says I hate I despise your religious feasts I cannot stand your assemblies even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings I will not accept them Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps. But look at verse 24. But let justice roll on like a river. Righteousness like a never failing stream. You see what God was doing? He's not captivated by the external. He's drawn to your heart. And the purity of your heart, and your heart being right before God. Because you see, externally, these celebrations looked great. They looked fine. You know, they were keeping, the people of God were keeping their religious feasts, they were keeping their assemblies together, they were bringing their choice offerings, they were doing all that. Their music was good. But you see the problem was that God just didn't look externally as he never does he looks in so or he does more than just look externally you see God looked on there inside God looked right in here and he saw something desperately wrong in here you know in a similar way we see this in the New Testament when Jesus once said to some Pharisees and to some religious leaders he said these words in Matthew 15 he says you hypocrites he says Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you these people honour me with their lips but their hearts are far from me they worship me in vain because you see God wants his worshippers to worship him in spirit and truth that's what he wants and and the fact that these people here in Nehemiah 12 they were worshipping God rightly they were purified people So this was not the case in Nehemiah 12 that they weren't worshipping in vain. God was enjoying their worship because the people had purified themselves before God and God was pleased. I love the fact that these people were a purified people before God. I think that's such good news even for us today. Did you know that we are or can be a purified people before God and accepted by God? Don't you think that's fantastic news? You either are this morning purified because your love of Jesus, purified because you've accepted Christ, you're in that place or you may not be, but you can be to be purified before God, to never have a fear that one day you're going to stand before God, he's going to open his book and he's going to see. right, I've got all these things against you. You never have to be afraid of any of that stuff ever happening to you because of what Jesus has done for you. You either are a purified person this morning, and isn't that something to say thank you, Lord, for? Or you can be. I love this story um, where Martin Luther had a dream. And in this dream, he stood on the day of judgment before God himself. Satan was there to accuse him. When Satan opened his book full of accusations... He pointed to transgression after transgression after transgression of which Luther was guilty. As the proceedings went on, Luther's heart sunk in despair. But then he remembered the cross of Christ. And turning upon Satan, he said, There's one entry which you have not made, Satan. The devil retorted, what is that? And Luther answered, it's this, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, purifies us from all sin. Amen. And when you quote verses like that, and when you live in the power and the victory of the blood of Christ in your life, Satan's mouth goes, he's got nothing against you. He has not a leg to stand on. Because you're a purified person through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. How powerful. What a marvellous way to celebrate God. You can't celebrate him unless you are a purified person anyway. But how can we not celebrate the fact that through Jesus Christ alone, because of the cross, because of his shed blood, he's made it possible for you and me to be purified before God. All of our transgressions, all of our sin, all of our impurity is removed far away, as far as east is from the west. So far have I removed your transgressions from you, says God's word. And by our confession of our sin and by repenting of that sin, turning away from it, we can be purified before God. So no matter what the circumstances... No matter what the circumstances, when the Lord is in your heart, there's always something to celebrate of Himself, don't you think? You see, the angels rejoice. The Bible tells us that that one sinner who repents, the, 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 the angels rejoice over that one person who repents. And I could be talking to someone here this morning, and you need to be in that place. You need to be in that place this morning where you're saying to Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I need to get right because I want to worship you. I want to be purified because I'm sick of being impure. And only you can make me pure. Thirdly, thirdly, this was a celebration of who God is. Of who God is. All through the book of Nehemiah, through the whole book. God is referred to as our God. Our God. 18 times you'll read that if you want to count them. Our God. 18 times. My God referred to my God 11 times throughout the scripture, throughout this book. He's referred to as the great, mighty and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love. Nehemiah 9.32 One commentator makes this, this, uh, this comment. He says, Celebration is a primary aspect of worship. It begins with who God is and what God has said and done. We glory in those unique acts which took place before ever we had the desire to think or say anything to him. In worship, we extol with all our powers the initiative of God as we recall all that he has done, said and is to his people. We celebrate his initiative. Do you, want, do you understand what that means? You know, if God had not initiated This whole salvation plan, where would you and I be? We would be, we would be dead. We we would not be here. We would have nothing to celebrate if God did not choose to initiate the whole of salvation's plan. We need to be a people that say, God, thank you for what you've done. And you know, and I believe that when God's people are passionate in their praise and worship of who God is to you personally. Not only does this testify to the kind of God that we know, love and serve, but I believe it attracts the pleasure of God into our celebrations, into our worship time. Notice in verse 43 that it was God's pleasure to give his people great joy. Look at these words. And on that day, they offered great sacrifices, rejoicing... Why? Because God had given them great joy. It was the women and children also rejoiced. The sound of rejoicing in Jerusalem could be heard far away. And I believe what a powerful witness this would have been. What a powerful witness it is today to the world when God's people celebrate who God is to them. But here's something interesting. Isn't it funny? And I don't quite know why this is, but for some reason there are Christians, and I'm not saying they're in this church, but for some reason there are Christians who think that it's irreverent or wrong to celebrate God, or to express it. it kind of, it's, it's not right to, to be happy, it's not right to be joyful. It, it's kind of better to be you know, kind of like that. It's more spiritual. And I'm not saying anyone's in this church that does that, but look, there are Christians who are like that. I don't know why that is. And I think it also baffled one of the greatest evangelists that we've ever known in our our time, Billy Graham. How old is Billy Graham now? 90-something years of age. One of the greatest, if not the greatest evangelists the world's ever seen. And he said this. He said, people go to a football game. Wasn't there a football game yesterday? You see, and some of you know that. I don't even know what it was. And, and, and I'm sorry, I'm a disappointment to you. I don't even know what it was. And, and Tony's looking at me now and I don't really care. But, but this is what Billy, Billy Graham says. He says, people go to a football game today and they shout their heads off. Or they go to a circus and cheer act after act, Or they watch the X Factor. Or they watch the block. Or they watch something else there. And he says, and they become enthusiastic about everything conceivable, but when it comes to spiritual matters, they think that they're supposed to become somber and wear black and never have a good time or enjoy a religious event. This comes from Billy Graham. I think he knows what he's talking about. My dear old pastor many years ago when I was in the church, I remember distinctly, one day and a, and a pastor who has many years of experience many years in ministry one day he looked he was standing at the pulpit preaching and for whatever reason it was part of his message he kind of leans over the pulpit and he looks at the people he goes like this he says let me get this right he says you know he says some of us Christians some of us Christians look like we've been baptized in lemon juice And I think that was the day that revival broke out in that church. People had permission to smile. People had permission to be happy and to show God. We don't want to be walking around like we've been baptised in lemon juice. We want to walk around and say, we love the Lord and he loves us. And we need to celebrate that. Because there are lots of people out there who are dying, dying to hear something good. Something that brings them hope and joy and they're dying to see it in your face they're dying to see it that it has some kind of effect in you because they're not seeing it anywhere else now I've got to say this to try and balance that in all fairness you and I know that there are times when we do struggle we do struggle and there are times when we get hurt and it hurts right and we, need, and we need to understand that. And we do need time to heal. We need time to restore. We need to understand that each other, you know, when the Bible says "When we let, you know, let rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. We need to do that. We need to understand that. And I believe that God certainly understands the things that we feel as human beings. That's why he says these words here in Matthew through the Lord Jesus Christ. He says this. Jesus says, come to me. So when you are hurting, when you are weighed down, when things are not going right for you, you don't feel like doing anything, smiling or being happy and stuff. That joy is always there, by the way. But when you're feeling like that, Jesus says this, come to me, come to me. All of you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light aren't they magnificent words from the Savior who loves you who knows that you're but dust he knows your frame he knows how you work emotionally and he says come to me lots of people want to go away from God when they hurt don't do that you come to him you press in on him you embrace him because he's there like this ready to embrace you don't run away from him, run to him in those times. You know, folks, well, I just believe that when we do things like this and we take God at his word, it won't be long before you'll be celebrating again. You know, and, 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 and that all that God is to you, all that he means to you, you'll be there again. God will make sure that happens. I want to finish with this story. And I, I just think that... God reminded me of this. <clears throat> he reminded me of this quite powerfully just two Saturday mornings ago when Rosemary and I decided to go for a drive, an early morning drive one Saturday morning in the country. I'm finishing with this. I won't mention the name of the, of the town we went to. I'm not even going to mention this lady's name. I'm going to call her Lucy. But one day we, were, we went to this little town. We had breakfast. And while we're sitting there having breakfast, guess who turned up? This lady called Lucy. Have a look at Lucy hope we can get her picture up on the screen this is Lucy Lucy is a well-known character in this town there's no doubt about that while we're sitting there she just gave us this smile she came over on this little scooter of hers and she stood at our table and she began to talk and while she was talking to us another old man walked past and he put his hand on and says g'day young lady how you going this lady's in her 70s so we're we're kind of what's happening here this lady's just turned up and she's wanting to talk to us and one of the first things she said to us with this big smile, she says, I thank God I'm alive. That's what she said. And uh, we just listened to her story. She said, I thank God I'm alive. He said, she said, I, he spared my life. And then she goes into her story tells us how she lost her husband some time ago and that she now lives alone in a caravan and one day while she was walking she got hit by a car and she suffered multiple injuries multiple fractures including you know multiple uh, fractured bones including her jaw and then she said that's why I can't talk properly Uh, but she was talking pretty well and she was telling us her story and you just check out her smile if you can see it not sure if you can but she's got this big smile and uh, she's talking about under surgery, her heart stopped twice while she was on the operating theatre. And they obviously they revived her again and she just talked about the Lord. And, and look, I'm sure she's a Christian, but I don't know for certain whether she is. I mean, but she gave every appearance that she was born again. And uh, I started, we just started talking with her and she said, I've been to the local Baptist church and, and so on and so forth. But what a character this lady was this bright joyful story of celebration that she had about the Lord who spared her life and I just think it's humbling sometimes we need to hear people like that seeing this dear old lady who said I thank God I'm alive I wonder what you're thankful to the Lord for today you see because with the Lord in our lives if he's in your heart today there is always something of him to celebrate let's pray father you are an amazing god and 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 lord just pray that you'll help us all to to take time to gaze upon you just to take time to to bless you and to lift up your name and to worship you thank you for lucy you know who she is thank you for others lord that we've been referring to today a dear old missionary who's with you today alan Father, just help us to be inspired, we pray, in our own walk with you. As we read your word, as we allow your spirit to fill our lives, Lord, just help us, we pray, to be a people, a people of power, a people of testimony, a people who celebrate God. Because indeed, Father, we have so much to celebrate. We have so much to thank you for. Father, just think of that little hymn that speaks about count your blessings, name them one by one, and it might surprise you what the Lord has done. Father we need to do things like that in our lives and just pray that you'll help us even through this week to recognise this and to just let you speak deeply into our hearts and continue to do that work that we might be a real witness to those around us who are looking to see answers and we have the answer Lord help us to demonstrate that and we'll give you all the glory and the praise thanks so much for being with us today thanks so much for going out before us As we head into the rest of this day and this week. And we just bless your wonderful name. As we continue to celebrate you now. In Jesus precious name. Amen.